Hello and welcome to Love as a Battlefield, the DV podcast. My name is Tilly Moore and this is episode 18. 18. The topic today is called story time and I was going to call it sneaky thief because I was talking about money, but then it went on to something else. And look, I really don't know where we're going to end up. So the title is what it is. And you've seen that before you press play, but I don't know because we're on the tangent chain today. We're real. We're keeping it real, keeping it raw and just going for it. So welcome. So the other day when I was doing the financial abuse, a couple of things came to me. One was someone who wanted to move in with me and promised me $500 a week. And this was over a decade ago. And and we were in a relationship and they offered 500 And that was pretty good. You know, that would cover rent and um, other stuff. I think they were just saying, oh, it was just for rent and, and they were going to pay half the bills as well. So whatever they were selling to me was this sweet deal. Like it was like, oh, I'll give you $500 a week. That'll help cover rent. And I'm like, yeah, that'll pay the rent. And then they were like, oh, well, that's all I can give you. Is that enough? And I'm like, that's more than the current rent I was paying at the time because it's over a decade ago. And I'm like, you sure you want to pay that? And they're like, yeah, no, I can. You know, I earn this much a year. I've done a budget. No, I can definitely give you that. And will that help? Like, are you sure it's enough? Like they're acting like you know, it's part of their manipulation. I was like, yeah, no, that's great. And so I thought they were actually gonna, I I didn't need that. I just want, you know, needed like half, like their share of whatever. But I think they lied that they were going to give so much so that I felt so secure in the whole financial side of things. So I didn't question them. Do you know, they never once paid it. And it took me months before I even brought it up. And when I brought it up, an event happened and that's what I kind of like, this is not the first time I've recorded this episode because then I went on a tangent about that event and a whole deep dive. And it was such a huge traumatic like event that it was like, yeah, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Like (laughs) that's a whole episode and it got pretty real and raw and I've still got it on file. Like maybe I'll release it as some uncut thing one day, but I don't know. I will talk about it one day though, but it was, it was a lot. So I'm like, no, this is not the reason I wanted to talk to you today. Today was about this whole, oh, I'm going to give you $500. We move in together. And this is a uh, person I was with. Yep. This is around like over a decade ago kind of thing. And that's all I'm going to say. As I've said, I don't use identifying names or anything and no specific timelines, just giving you a rough idea that it was a while ago. So yeah, $500 was pretty good offer. And so I, Another thing came up for me while I was recording the financial abuse episode that was not related to financial abuse, but related to the time that they offered that $500. So I want to share it today. So yeah, here we go. So this person, I'd said to them, oh yeah, we'll move in one day. One day. We'll move in one day together. And yeah, that'd be great. I'd love that. And he's like, really? Would you? And I'm like, yeah, no, it'd be great. No, I look forward to it. That'd be all right. I'd said one day. Anyway, so he's like, oh, that's really good. And then topic change, whatever, that was it. And it was pretty clear. Like I had not asked this person to move in with me. I had said one day. I hadn't asked them at all. And and it was such a brief conversation. Anyway, so the next day, you know what this person did? And this is something I really want to share. Like as soon as I thought of that, 
in that episode, I was like, I want to share this. So this person, I'm just there at the house. I think I was standing in the front yard or something. And this person pulls up with a trailer the next day, the next day, right? The next day they're like, oh yeah, I'm coming over. I'll see you about four or something. Like they said, they're coming. They didn't tell me that they were moving in. This is pure manipulation, right? And the way they do it, so I'm just going to tell you what happened and then we'll reflect on like how they freaking got away with that and how they made me not realize how manipulative and evil and like planned and calculated what they were doing was because I only sort of like reflected on this just recently, like in that episode. So this person rolls up with their car and a trailer full of belongings. No, 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 no. No, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. They roll up and they're in their car, right? They're just in their car and it's full of belongings. And I'm like, oh, hi. Oh, what's in your car? And he's like, oh, some of my stuff. And I'm like, what for? He's like, oh, I'm moving in, remember? And I'm like, no, I never, we never, we didn't say you're moving in now. Like we was talking about it. And he's like, yeah, no, no. I, I don't even think he actually engaged in that question because then he said oh my parents will be here soon they've got the trailer they're coming and then literally literally they turn the corner from behind him and pull up with a trailer and these are these parents that have been he has them wrapped around his finger like they and this is so common with perpetrators of abuse of all forms of abuse to children adults various things I, I won't get into this person being a raging pedophile. Uh, whoops, did I say that? Um, <laughs> but this person was very unhinged. I mean, you're not, you're not well if that's what you're doing. I did not know that, disclaimer. Did not know that. So obviously, imagine, imagine, sorry, tangent, but very important for us all to talk about. Imagine if every relationship you got into there was a law of informed consent and that you had to sign a document that said all the things they'd done in the past. Not like only things that got recorded criminally. Like even in Australia, you can't see someone's criminal record. You can't look people up, which is so ridiculous that women cannot protect themselves against people or anyone, men and women can't protect themselves against people who've done really bad crimes. You can they can serve a huge sentence, come out and not even tell the next person. There's no way the next person has a legal way of like finding out the details of what that person's done. Isn't that messed up, Australia? So sad. Anyway, imagine if you had informed consent where you had to know something and sign a document and you had to know, I have lied 637 times. Like it's some kind of, you know, like, I don't know if you've seen The Good Place, but some kind of document that could never exist in this society because how would you get the information how would you prove it but imagine if you had informed consent before relationship and like the honest truth as to what happened at the end of previous ones there would be so many lonely men or men going to therapy because they would realize wait I'm not getting into relationships no one wants me I might actually go and try and fix the issues that are causing these behaviors. 
accountability. Just imagine that. Sorry, I was just having a little brain fart moment of imagine if we had informed consent and you could find out that someone was an abuser or a pedophile or something because there's no way to find out. Sometimes you might get a hint of something and yes, what a win. Some countries, you can look up past criminal records. But here, yeah, it's, it's, it's luck. It's a gamble. You try and ask all the questions. They answer them the way they want. You, I really think women should start messaging the ex. And who cares if people call you crazy? Like, I've not done this. Like, I had contact with an ex after I'd left an abuser and found out how they nearly killed them too. But I hadn't, I had wished I had contacted them at the start of the relationship and saved my family a whole lot of trauma. I really wish I had. And you know what prevents us from doing that? Being called crazy. Because women are conditioned too to think you're crazy. So the woman you message, the ex, will say, oh my gosh, and she'll message him and show him screenshots and go, what a crazy bitch. But it's like, because that's happened countless times, I believe personally, like I'm not dating at the moment, but I believe if you're going to date and you want to do that, freaking do it. Let's just start doing that. Hi, I'm not crazy. Don't call me crazy. I know that you'll want to say I'm crazy, but I've been freaking hurt before and I'm not getting hurt again. So I just need to ask you, is there anything you would like me to know? As someone who has been with this person, Is there any criminal history, anything? Have they done any crimes to you or your children? Like major things. I'm not here to get tea, dirt, get any sort of weird stuff. I'm not a jealous person. We're also taught the whole jealousy thing. If we want to not be cheated on, it's just so stupid. And I think you should do that. I don't know, it just came to me. I just have like word vomit and a thought comes and I say it. But people could actually get really shitty at that and go, that's psycho. No, we've been conditioned to think that's psycho. When you really think about it, we've been conditioned to think you can't even contact. Like if you're, especially as you get older, you're dating men who've been married to women for like 20 years. And you can't even message her and say, hey, I just want to make sure I'm safe and my children are safe. I don't want to know anything. I'm not being nosy. I'm not trying not to be rude to you. Uh, If there's nothing you want to tell me, you don't even have to reply. But I just want to know I'm safe and this person hasn't gone to prison for harming you or your children or anything. Like there's no major thing that you want me to know. And if you do reach out to someone and they have been a victim of things, they will tell you. Like they're sitting there waiting to tell you, but they can't go out of their way if they find out that their ex-abuser has a new partner. They, They can't go out of their way to message the new partner because the abuser will come for them. The current partner will say, you're a crazy bitch because he'll be gaslighting the new partner to believe his ex is crazy, unstable abuser. He'll be selling the whole Amber Heard thing to her. Like he will be doing that. And... So you know that you're not going to, like you could just be condemned and everything, but at the end of the day, I still think it's loving. I still think if you have an opportunity and you're thinking, oh, should I let this girl know? Please do. On behalf of me, who was desperate to know and vetted as much as I could, 
but didn't message the ex because society tells us you're crazy if you do that. I wish I had because when I did afterwards and found out that I was with a rapist, abuser who nearly murdered this person, who had tortured this person consistently, who had permanent injuries from a person, I I wish I had reached out to her and I, who gives a fuck who thinks you're crazy? Who gives a fuck about that bullshit patriarchal misogynistic thing that's been put in society, like society, men have taught us looking in someone's phone is a breach of privacy. Um, messaging the ex to find out if he's an abuser, that means you're mentally ill and you're an abusive, psychopath, jealous bitch. If my kids have been hurt because of my relationships in the past and I went on to date again, fuck you. I don't care. It's one question. If there's nothing bad or sinister, I don't care. I don't want to know. I'm not asking for a he said, she said. I'm not asking for dirt or juice. I just want to know. Is there anything criminal that's happened here? Because if they tell me, yes, there was domestic violence, I'm fucking running. And I have, I want to do that. I have a right to run and how amazing, amazing if you could find that out. And does that really mean you're mentally ill? No. I don't know of any mental health condition that causes someone to do safety checks and risk assessments. That's literally what the mental health professionals do. If you were continuing to message them and being intrusive and that it can get to that, but politely, discreetly, ask one question. They might not answer, but if they have been abused, they'll answer and they'll tell you, trust me, they'll tell you. I will tell if anyone messages me asking about any of my abusers, I will lovingly tell you what you need to know to keep you and your kids safe because it breaks my heart to imagine another woman with two people I've known in my life, two criminals, one pedophile and one very nearly murdered or murderer of kids and women. <laughs> very nearly murderer. It's an official term. <laughs> I've gone on a tangent, but this is what it's for. This is what it's about. Actually, it's not. People who write books on this subject and do podcasts actually have a format and they're professional. Yeah, well, pay me 20 cents. Give me one cent. Give me, we don't have one cent pieces. Give me five cent piece. Pay me per episode. I don't care if it's five cents. If you want me to be professional, Show me the money and I'll give you professional. I will plan. I will articulate. I will stop swearing. (laughs) Until then, we say what we've got to say to share information and knowledge. But anyway, wonderful tangent there. Perfect. Imagine if we had informed consent. Imagine if we weren't taught by society that you're mentally ill if you do risk assessments by asking 
the person. That's granted that you know the name of the person before. In a lot of relationships, the men have, I don't know, shown me pictures and told me their full name and everything like that. A lot of times I haven't asked. So it just depends if you even know who it is. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, moving right along. So where was I? I was saying that he offered $500 a week, which was like what he should have been offering was like half the rent at that time. And rent was the most we paid when we moved into another property was 400 a week, I think. So it was 200 a week for rent. But then where I was when he just intruded in my life was like probably 300-ish a week or something. And so he really only owed like 100 and something a week for rent. And so saying the 500 was like, whoa, are you sure? Wow, that would really help. But like, I don't know if I can take that much off you. Like all you have to do is like pay half. Oh, and he's just like, oh no, like I want to, well, you can cover other expenses with it you know, like the internet and stuff like that. We can, you know, work that out. But, you know, that's how much I have in my budget. I can definitely afford to live with you. And that's how much I can budget. And I'm like, well, that will cover half of things, you know. So I think over selling it makes you feel more comfortable with it. So that was a conversation I had at one point. But where are we? We're up to him pulling in, in his car full of things and me going, huh, why you got all that stuff? And then he'd go, oh, my parents are coming. They're just right behind me. They've got the trailer. A trailer for what? Well, I'm moving in today. And I'm like, you never said you were moving in. And he's like, yeah. Gaslighting 101. Yeah. Yeah, I'm moving in. Yeah. Remember we talked about it? I said, yeah. I said one day. And he's like, oh, well, why not now? Yeah. No, you're okay with this. I remember you're okay with this. And next minute they pull in. And it's his parents that I kind of I like I know from the community but don't know no like and so I'm seeing them for the first time since I've started dating him but I I've known them from like around the community and stuff before so this is like the dating me introduction too because this is like two weeks in I know don't I I know I know this is how I know red flags now because I used to there was, we didn't even talk, the word, the term red flags did not exist back at this time. I'd never heard it. Now we have it. We're helping educate each other to protect each other. I wish red flags term existed then because I would have got it, but they, it didn't exist. I think it did in like DV services, but it hadn't got to the community yet. Love TikTok for that. Best education tool. Love it. Anyway. Yeah. I never saw red flags. I actually didn't think he had any red flags, but that that was a red flag. But that was two weeks in. So it was like, was it two weeks? I think so. No. Anyway, it probably was. I'm embarrassed to say. But I didn't say yes, did I? So this is what happened. So, and I'm like, we're in love, right? You know, apparently. <laughs> Mm. Mm. Uh, I am because I just love people what an idiot anyway so yeah I love this person I'm excited we're in a relationship I had known them years before but hadn't known known them so I'm like really excited to be in a relationship with them and plan a future plan a future the future is not now anyway 
So they roll in and they're instantly like talking to me and I'm like, oh, I'm intimidated by them because they're kind of weird. And um, yeah, and then they're like, where do you want this? Where do you want? And I'm like, I can't say no. He did. So I look back now, knowing what I know about abusers, manipulators, uh, narcissists, psychopaths, all these people, these unhinged abusive people. Now knowing what I know, I'm like, oh my gosh, he literally used his parents coming so that social conformity meant that I couldn't have a blowout in front of them and say, sorry, you're not moving in. I look back at that moment and just wish, oh gosh, I wish that I had even in front of his parents said, I'm sorry, we haven't discussed you moving in. You're not moving in today. I never said you were moving in. You didn't ask and I never said it was okay. But you know what? I doubted myself. I had to quickly think of that conversation and think, did I say he could move in today? Like, did I say he could move in now? Maybe I said it. and Or maybe I said something where he implied that's what I meant. So you, you, you double guess yourself. You second guess yourself. And if you've come from a childhood where you've always second guessed yourself and not thought you're the very smartest you're the smartest person and you don't have much self-esteem or confidence. You're the perfect target for this and that was me. I'm like maybe it was it must have been me. I mean, I there's no way someone rocks up with their parents and all their items to move in if we hadn't had the conversation. We did have a conversation about living together. I thought it was one day, but Maybe I had, yeah. And so this is going through my head in the split second. And so because there were doubts, I didn't stand up for myself. So if you're in this situation ever, I mean, it's such a weird situation. So many things they share are weird. It's like, but it can happen. A lot of abuse is weird because they're very unwell people doing very manipulative, creepy things. And I wish I could go back and say in right in front of them, I never said you were moving in. There's no room for you here. You're not moving in. I'm sorry. I said, maybe we'll live together in the future, but you're not moving in today. And to come, and I should have said, and to come here with all your belongings without even asking me if you could move in is really creepy. And I wish I knew red flags then. Oh, I wish I went. This is creepy and a red flag and rocking up with your parents and all your belongings to a girl's house that you've known for, been dating for two weeks to move in is really not appropriate and I'm asking you to leave. Oh, I wish, I wish I knew what I know now and had done that. You would not believe the difference in my life and my kid's life if I had done that. I wish. But those little doubts, you just don't, I wasn't educated in domestic violence. I did not do a DV course until after him. That was my first DV course after him. I was not educated in domestic violence. I did not know the term red flags. And this is over a decade ago. So no one really knew the term red flags. I, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I, but let's not talk about the I wishes. So I'm, I'm there deer in headlights and I'm like, oh, I, and I'm in love with this person, right? And that's the other thing they use. You're in love with them. You don't want to reject someone you're in love with. You you want to spend a lot of time with them, especially me now finding out I'm a neurodivergent. 
I love it, the attention. (laughs) I love the person that I'm in love with wanting to spend more time with me. So I'm like, well, that'd be nice. But I really, knowing what I know now, and I think it's also maturity, getting older, it's like, I should have talked. I mean, my kids were so little there. I should have talked to pay. No, I didn't know. <laughs> the answer was no. The answer was no. There was this boy I knew at the time. Okay, tangent, but this is so good. This is boy. I finished telling you what I wanted to tell you anyway. This is boy. Okay, I say boy because he was a man, but he's pretty. <laughs> he was so cute. I was actually, this is someone I was actually attracted to before I dated them. A lot of people in my life, they've been attracted to me and pursued me. I don't know why it's always the men who are not aesthetically pleasing and who are abusive and who are toxic and horrible that passionately with their whole chest confidently pursue women. Whereas the nice guys that are attractive and beautiful humans stay quiet and allow these pieces of excrement to like cockily go up to women and stuff and I was too shy to pursue anyone myself I didn't know my worth I thought I was gross I thought if I went up to a guy that I was attracted to that he would like be a player and cheat on me and treat me bad or he would reject me so I just sort of thought well I'm a girl hopefully guys you know are into pursuing and you know approach me but on reflection it was really not nice people and I've sort of observed that now like in the later years of clubbing that like it's the cocky confident kind of or they're overcompensating fake cocky and confidence that go up to the women and the really nice people even in my own friendship groups with men and women I've noticed really nice dudes like sit back and they're really quiet and they actually I took them as rejection I took it as rejection like because they actually just sort of act like they're not interested So if you're looking for people who are giving you a lot of signs that they're interested, they're probably, like, they might be the red flaggy types. Look for the little needle in a haystack. Look for that little gem. Look for the quiet one in the corner who looks like he doesn't like you. (laughs) Give it it a crack. He might not like you. (laughs) But, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) tangent. He was pretty. He was attractive. And he was, like, one of the first guys I was like, oh. I really am attracted to him. I want to date him. And I met him and he's like, oh, you're really, he was really attracted to me too. And I was like, we're going to fall in love. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. But he was not very nice. He was a womanizer. Womanizer, womanizer. Oh, you're a womanizer. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. And... I think he had a few women going on and he was very weird. He'd always talk about his parents and his family and he lived with mum and dad. And I think we were like 30, because he was my around my age. I think he was my age or something, 30 something. And, but he wouldn't introduce me. It was like we we're dating for quite a while. He would only come over like late at night and it was starting to give booty call like I thought we were starting a relationship I don't do casual sex I don't do one night stands I don't do anything like that uh ever and it was sort of starting to look like he was like trying to use me and he wouldn't 
he didn't get me to meet his, like his parents yet he talked about them constantly and he lived there and it was sort of getting to that stage of like months in it's like what's happening and I think there were other women and stuff and so that ended naturally because he was just treating me like crap but he so he was not good right he was a player and just treating me like crap see that's the thing I finally go for a guy I'm attracted to and he is a player so I was like okay and I just say so then I told myself date less appealing physically men but then I'd get cheated on and abused by less appealing physically men (laughs) there's another way of saying less appealing physically men (laughs) that is shorter I'm sure (laughs) but so I ended like things ended with him he was he would just treat me like crap ignore me for days and then suddenly like and then lie that he was away from work when he wasn't so I was like oh it was just he was such a cheater like and just yucky and yeah once I was at his house and I think his parents were coming home and he need, he wanted me to sneak out or something like yet he's like oh, I've told them about you so he's a liar and he just treated me like crap and so that ended and then I ran into this person the I'm pushing myself to move in with you pedophile and have I said pedophile I don't know he's a pedophile but I didn't know he was a pedophile obviously hence the not informed consent. So this guy, I don't know how he knew about the other guy. Like had he seen, he must have seen him on my Facebook and he messaged me and said, don't date him. And I was like, why? You didn't want me. Like we didn't work out. And I'm like, why? And he's like, I just don't know. I just, I think something bad's going to happen. Like, he's not good. And I'm like, how? Tell me, tell me. Like, what, what do you think? And he goes, I don't know. I just, I think he's bad. I think he's going to, he's not good. Please don't date him. Please, please, please begging me, like sending messages. And he's gone. He's like, I will be with you. Like, and he's like, just please don't date him. And he's like ringing me and starting to really be like, please don't date this guy. Now, this guy doesn't know this other guy from a bar of soap. And he doesn't know that he's a pedophile. But it just, like, on reflection years later, I look back and think, wow, he just, like, in his gut or something, knew that this person was, like, bad and evil and he could somehow see it. And he was trying to save me from him. And as much as I want to say, oh, I wish, and I do, I wish I had just gone, okay. And he was, like, begging to be with me. And he was saying, no, like, I love you. And I want to be with you. And yes, I'm going to like introduce you to my family and I'm going to take you away when we go away. Like, cause it was always away, which made me think, yeah, you're cheating too. And I'm going to do this and that. And I want to be with you. And I didn't buy it because I'm like, what? Ages after we break up, like I start seeing someone you can see on Facebook and then you just like suddenly want me back. Like I, it didn't seem like he genuinely wanted me and he was a player and he treated me crap. So of course I'm not going to go for that. But part of me wishes I did because that wouldn't have ended the same way. It would have probably ended, (laughs) but it wouldn't have ended the same way. Like it would have saved me from stuff. But what's your options? You've got player boy who treats you like crap, like an option and doesn't even want to be with you. And this guy who just loves and adores you and is offering you the freaking world and seems so respectful and so loving and just perfect in every way. Only he wasn't cute like, you know, the other one. 
<laughs> but like, what are you going to pick? Of course I went for the one that I thought was better. But if I had known what I, oh, he could have saved me. Somehow he knew without knowing. What a weird story. Isn't that weird? I don't know. Is it men that get a sense for others? Or is it, I had this theory that like bad people can see the bad in others because they've got the same bad juju or something. Because once I met this, as a nurse, I had a patient who had been, from the way he talked, he'd been involved in crime, organized crime, and he had sexually assaulted women off in the past. Like he had done very, very bad things and he had been quite open about a lot of those very bad things he had done in his life. And the second this man laid eyes on a person that I knew once, and I won't say in what setting, we could be in the shops, we could be anywhere, but this person laid eyes on an abuser of mine and instantly said to me later when we talked, so that's not instant, is it? <laughs> the next time we talked, he's like, get away from him. Get away. There's something not right. Get away. So I was like, how can they see that? You know, like, I don't know what's going on. What in Juju land is going on that some people can sense things because all of my abusers have appeared to be so lovely, nice, all Aussie bloke, normal, you know, appeared so great to the outside world that you can't pick it based on their character. So yeah, food for thought. So there you have it. Old mate offered 500 bucks. I never saw $1 of it. He stole money from me in my account through the relationship because the relationship eventually got to the point where he could access my phone and my computer and you sort of have things open. You actually trust your person. Do you know banks say you should never tell any of your bank details to your spouse, like your PIN number or anything. And you just think, that's my person. I've got to trust them. Like I can always change it if something goes awry. Because banks know. Banks even know. Banks can point them out. Why couldn't I see them? Banks are like, no, because they know that people in relationships are often deceptive and lying and stealing money from the other one without the other one knowing. And by the time they find out and tell the bank, the bank's like, we can't do anything because you gave out your details. They could log in to your account and transfer that to their account. So this guy not only didn't pay me one cent ever for rent, he lied to people that he transferred once, so he had he stopped working at one point, long story, but he transferred, he was getting benefits from the government and he transferred two of those payments to my bank account two times. He'd never given me one cent of anything ever, none of that 500 a week when he was working and earning quite a lot of money, apparently. He's in a uniform going toward work and talked about work and talked about people at work and emailed from work, but... I don't know. <laughs> now I'm like, uh. but I never saw a cent, never paid rent, never paid bills, anything. And I started picking up extra shifts while having babies and stuff, not having babies. That's just small children, whatever. I was trying to pick up a lot of shifts to support a family because I had a lot of financial pressure on me. Oh, the penny just dropped. Oh, no, no. Okay. I'm just going to share this role. Like, do you think that he intentionally 
made me have to support the family and pick up extra shifts like lied to me to get me to like you know and manipulated me and gaslit me to get to be able to live with me and and me expect money from him but never saw it so manipulated me to get in that situation where I pay all the bills and then made me pay absolutely everything put me in a financially stressful look I was really stressed financially situation so I'd pick up extra shifts so I wouldn't be in the house as much because you know I've told you the word that starts with P and I'm not going to get into it I'm not getting that's a I've, I've touched on it too much and I don't want to go there for a lot of reasons that should be kind of obvious but wow that penny just dropped and that's a thing that we were taught in that episode the other day that financial abuse is all about control so there are people who pay for you they you don't have to work and they will pay for you to have a lavish lifestyle yet it's so they can control you and then there's those that steal from you or manipulate you to think they're going to support like chip in and they don't and it's also to control and manipulate and maybe to keep get make sure I keep going to work and stay out of the house and so he can do his evil things that I'm not going to get into because I actually feel sick like it's, we're too close to it right now. Um, wow. Wow. But, um, yep, stole money. I have to get back to thinking factually and sweeping that aside because it's just too much. Uh, at the end of the relationship, stealing lots of money, uh, using my account to pay for, like, hotels with adult women. Um, I don't mind about the adult women. Like, I would not have stayed in a relationship. Like, I, I won't be cheated on. Like, the, it was over. But finding out that he was a pedophile was just like... Yeah, I've never been the same since. <laughs> so, yeah, the adult, but, like, yeah, using all my money and stealing from me. So, yes, what I had said before is he actually transferred two of his payments to me. And you know why he did that? And I found out later. So he could have screenshots to show, look, she makes me give her all the money that I have and won't give me an allowance. She takes all my money. So he could lie and manipulate I think it was family and the new one of the girlfriends on the side whatever um to think I was evil and stealing from him isn't that weird and he took them back he's like oh did I accidentally transfer that oh can I have it back (laughs) he just did it for the screenshot to tell people yeah she always takes it from me and he got those back and then he never ever I never saw one cent and he was earning significant amount more than me when we first moved in together and I didn't see a cent. So that was a bit of financial abuse story on the side of how I was manipulated into living with someone. So yeah, that day in the front lawn with the parents, I couldn't think on my feet and I didn't know red flags and I didn't know about domestic violence. I knew about domestic violence, but I didn't know what I know now. And oh, had I... <laughs> I tell you what, mm, I would have had some amazing boundaries that day, I tell you that for nothing. But yeah, I'm so glad that young people can know what we didn't know. Thanks to TikTok, thanks to podcasts, thanks to everything, we can share it. They know what a red flag is. I am so glad people are empowered to risk assess and do choose better and be safe. So I'm just going to end it there. 
Sorry if that was heavy. Sorry about the tangents, but it is what it is and I am what I am and we're just sharing and caring and honestly, I've learnt, I've learnt stuff in my share today and I hope you have too. You stay safe. Keep being a legend. Love you. Bye.